We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. What's going on, everybody? This is Rob from the Striking Gold Podcast. Before we get started, I want to tell you guys about Blue Wire Hustle. It's a brand new program where you can host your very own podcast here at Blue Wire. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Or if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, Q&As with Blue Wire's top producers like Eric Crocker, also from the Striking Gold podcast, access to our community discord, and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. And on top of that, we'll help get you your show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all the other listening platforms. And your best part is you can get all of this for only $15 a month. The same rate as any other hosting start is going to charge you anyways. So whether you're starting from scratch or have an existing show that you want to grow, Hustle is an open door to level up your sports podcasting experience. Acceptance into the program is limited, so get your application in today. To apply, you got to go to bwhustle.com slash join. Check out the description box for this episode to find out more, but that's bwhustle.com slash join. New England sending QB Jimmy Garoppolo to 49ers. We believe we found the right guy. Garoppolo, quick pass, caught by Kittle. He dives, and he's in. Touchdown, 49ers. Kittle is going to go. Touchdown. Okay, we're back. You're listening to Striking Gold. Your 49ers pod on the Blue Wire Network. 
My name is Rob Lauder. I cover the 49ers for the Blue Wire Network. And joining me tonight, back from his trip across the snow-driven United States, former NFL defensive back Eric Crocker. What's up, bro? Yo, 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 yo. I'm here. I made it. I made it. The other half, my my other half. Yeah, it, it, it was looking a little scary at times, but, uh, you know, eventually uh, we made it across the United States and back. Yeah, that's intense, man. So, like, with where you are in, in Alabama, Alabama, or Arkansas. Arkansas. Right, right. Okay, so. Same, same. How, <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, there's probably some Arkansasans and some Alabamians that are like, no, we're not the same. But okay, um, so they're not, they're, they call themselves Arkansans. <laughs> Makes no sense. Reminds me, <laughs> Makes no that reminds sense. me of, uh, of, uh, of Anchorman. He's trying, he's like San Diegans, San, San Diegites. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So how far across the country, like percentage wise, are you like, 80% across the country. What's how's it how's it add up? Uh I am how much further would you have to drive to get to like uh like North or South Carolina? I I'd say I'm, I'm about 75%. Okay. Across. So how long does it take you to get from Stockton to Arkansas? It's it's a good 30 hours. 32 oh, man. Something like that, like yeah. That is a lot of driving. Yeah, but both Most times driving, we, like we 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 drove to my mom's, which my mom lives in Rancho Cucamonga, and then okay. um, and then the next day we drove to Stockton, and then um, same thing like driving out. Um, we actually went to my uncle's in San, Santa Clarita, and we stayed there until about four a.m. and then that's when we hit the road. So. We kind of broke it up, which they both live pretty much 24 hours from where I live. So um, that kind of cut down on time a little bit. So you're talking like 24 hours straight, like day and night, just rolling. Yep. Day Man, and night, just rolling. <laughs> Me and my wife, most- Bonnie and Clyde. That's awesome. Don't, well, I mean, do you know how Bonnie and Clyde ends? Okay, never mind. Not Bonnie and Clyde. Sorry. <laughs> I'm just making sure, you know, have you seen, uh, have you seen the Highwaymen on Netflix? Nah. Oh, dude, you 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 will like it. It's Kevin Costner and Woody Allen, and it's about the two guys that hunted down Bonnie and Clyde. Not to, I don't want to crush your analogy of Bonnie and Clyde, but I mean, I'm just saying. But yeah, you know, ride, ride or die. You know, right. I mean, we ride together. If we was gonna die, we was gonna die together. So that's, hey, they, that's true, ride or die, right there, because they rode and then they died. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah. Yeah. The, the longest I ever drove was when I got out of the military. I was in El Paso, Texas, which is like nothing compared to how far you drew and drove. Yeah. Cause, cause El Paso. And if I go the bottom way, I, I definitely drive through yeah. El Paso. Yeah, but it's the El Paso, way. it's, it's uh, right when you get into Texas. So it's just, you know, um, Texas, if you go that way, like if I, if I drive through El Paso, it's like, it takes like 13 hours just to get, across the whole state of Texas. Right. Texas is like 50% of the drive if you go that direction. Right. Yeah. Nah. So yeah, that, 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 yeah, that's crazy. So, but I, yeah, we, uh, that was when I got out of the military. Like that was like my first day. Like I'm free, like go home. You're done with the military. Yeah. And, and I was like, it was the easiest 16 hours of driving ever. I was just so excited. I have <laughs> a, I have a 35 gallon tank in my truck. So 
I, w- I left with it full. I filled up halfway and then I got all the way home on that tank. So, oh, wow. so, so I, I got, I pulled into Fresno right when 30, it was like 32 gallons, 35, 35. That's a lot. See, what's funny though, another leading into another funny story. When I bought that truck, I didn't know it had a 35 gallon tank. And so I like used the gas and I filled it up. And I, when I filled it up all the way, I, I was like, damn, this is taking a long time. Finally, it stops. And I look at the meter. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. like, I was like, I was like, this shit is great. Now it's nice. Obviously, the it costs more, but it lasts longer. You know, it's all the same. Right. So, so it, 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 it evens out. Right. It's just like, like, I was not expecting that. Like in that moment, I was like, holy, that is a lot of gas right there. Sorry about the F-bomb if anybody's listening with their kids. My bad. I wanted to be authentic. Yeah. My my Durango, you know, uh, it's like what? 20 gallons? 20? Yeah, probably. Around there. It's like 21, 22 gallons, something like that. I think my Silverado that I had before my my F-150 was like 20, you know, somewhere in there. So like going from that to 35s, it's cool because you can go longer distances, but it's a truck anyways. I don't get good gas miles or nothing. So, but uh, anyways, any other, uh, any other cool stories from your trip, bro? Nah, I mean, we kind of got snowed in out there in uh, Oklahoma. So, I mean, you know, that was kind of interesting having to just randomly get a, okay. Yeah. So um, we get snowed. Okay. I'm clearly I'm from California. And where I'm from, we don't we don't get snow. Like Stockton doesn't get snow at all. Right. It's like if you Google it, it's like on average per year, it's like zero inches of snow. <laughs> right. Snow, right. So, um, like I'm not really used to dealing with like really cold weather at all. Even in Arkansas, Arkansas doesn't typically get snow like that. Now it did snow all last week. I, I don't know what the hell is going on out here, but they typically. Uh-huh. Arkansas typically does not get snow like that. Like even when I was in college out here, it snowed. I'd say like a total of four days in two years, and then oh, three okay. days in two years. Like you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, so it, it's not a place that really snows. So for it to get as much snow as it recently did, um, but we tried to beat the snow, so we left and went up, and yeah, we were going through Oklahoma, and. It just got a little too much, like just the visibility and everything with the snow and everything going on. So right. we ended up staying in the hotel, but I, I had never really been in cold weather. Like, so cold here, it gets like in the 20s, like it'll be kind of cold, like in the right. 20s, uh, lower 30s, you know. Probably a lot like Stockton, like, because that's the coldest it would ever get in Stockton is like 30 something degrees. Yeah, so- when I was in Stockton, I woke up in the morning, it was 37 degrees, but it ended right. up being like 63 degrees that day. You know, right. out here, it, it, you know, you'll wake up and it would be like 28 degrees. And then like in the middle of the day, it's like 30 degrees. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's still, <laughs> yeah. and I'm, I'm, I'm used to that now though. Like I'm used to that type of weather. Now, what I experienced in Oklahoma, it was, that was something totally different. First of all, it was like negative four degrees. So I'd never been in any type of weather that cold. Um, and then my wife kept, <laughs> my wife, she always like throws this line at me all the time. Like, you're the man, you're supposed to do this and that, right? She always does that. I get that all the time too, of course. <laughs> yeah, like you be a man and do it. Like be a dad. Like she always does that. But anyways, so um, 
Like I, it was, it was. It was I, I, feel like, I feel like it's important that everybody knows right now that me and Crocker actually have videos on, and I can see him. And as he started to tell this story, he looked over at his wife like, "Oh shit, what am I about to say? What am I about to say?" <laughs> so, uh, keep going, keep going. so she kept telling me to go outside and bring all the luggage in the hotel. I was just trying to sleep in our clothes. I'm like, look, the the, the <laughs> snow by the door. It was like a, at least. But two feet deep, at least two feet deep. And there was no getting around it. Like, there was no way to get around it. Like, you just had to step in all the way. And it was Ooh. freezing cold. And it, it's like negative four degrees. It's like minus four. D- two feet deep worth of, of, of <laughs> snow. Your kneecaps. And you literally couldn't be outside for longer than a minute. Like, so I'm trying to hurry up, like, throw this stuff. Throw it in, take it in, and then I what did I forget? I forgot something. No, but no, but I forgot. You wanted me to grab something else, and I was like, I'm not going back out there. The snacks. Oh, the snacks. She was like, so we're just gonna start because we didn't have no food, no nothing. She was like, we're just gonna start. I'm like, I'm not going back in there. I had to defrost my feet and hands in the tub. Like I had to run <laughs> the tub like just hella hot bath water and get in. Like it was that cold. And then the next day when we were leaving. I had to kick the snow off the bottom of the car. And um, it was so cold, I had to do it in shifts. Like, I had to go out there for 30 seconds, kick the snow off, and then run inside the uh, the lobby of the hotel, kind of thaw out, and then uh, go back out there for 30 seconds, and then do the same thing again. Like, it was that cold. I had never experienced anything like that, ever. Did, uh, did you have to, like, move snow out of the way to get into your car? No, we didn't, we didn't have to move snow out the way, huh? Surprisingly, because there was snow piled up everywhere, like around the car. That's a trip, man. I told you about it over text. The only time I've ever dealt with temperatures like that was in El Paso when I first got there. And it was like negative four. It snowed and it was like negative four. And since that never happens at a place like that, they like shut the base down and we got like a couple days off because they didn't want everybody trying to drive to work in conditions like that when they're not used to it. Now, if you lived in a different part of the state where that happened more often, then it's not an excuse. They just, that is what it is. I don't think it does though. I think that's a big thing that just happened with Texas and the same with Arkansas. Arkansas shut down. There was no school. There was no nothing for all of last week. Uh, Yeah. Like places like Arkansas, places like, especially like where I live, Southeast Arkansas, places like uh, Texas, they're not really equipped for that type of, Stuff. No, that's yeah, that's, that's all what's been going now, on in Texas. Yeah, Minnesota, North Dakota, like yeah, they're they're equipped for that type of stuff. But the South, it doesn't really get. I mean, they'll you know we'll see some snow. Like it snowed a few weeks ago, but we don't get snow, snow. Right, right. So um, you know, Texas definitely didn't deal with it very well. You know, uh, you know, prayers out there for you know everybody who you know lost their their. Uh, their lights and, and, um, you know, they didn't have heat. People were going into the cars and were trying to stay warm cars. And then I heard some people died because of that, like being in the garage with the cars on, um, you know, just, man. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry to, I know we don't want to get sad topics on here, messing up the vibe. Well, yeah, yeah, but we didn't want to seem insensitive, but yeah, obviously it's been nuts over there, but, so that's I mean, just that's just like an adventure, dude. That's crazy. That's crazy. But I I did when it was negative four. I did just for to say I I did just to say I done it. 
I walked outside for like two and a half seconds in my boxers in negative four degrees. And I was telling you on text, like it was so cold. It like hurt. Like it wasn't even like I felt cold. I just like felt pain. I was like, um, yeah. uh, this is not for me. So obviously I'm in my boxers. Of course it's not for me. Well, my homeboy went and um, jumped in the snow and did snow angels. So, uh, um, I wasn't doing that. Now he didn't do that in Oklahoma. He did that in, in Arkansas. He lives like pretty much Little Rock, and uh, where he was at, it probably was in like you know no, it was yeah, it was pretty cold. It was like in the teens probably or something like that. But it wasn't negative four. Negative four. That's a that's a different type of cold, bro. Like I right. didn't anything like that. Like that was, it was painful. It was painful. And there were a lot yep. of people on Twitter, um, a lot of followers. I had tweeted out how cold it was going to be because it said that it was going to be negative, uh, or it said it was going to be five degrees in Monticello. <laughs> and people were like, man, I trade that for this. And they were sending it, it was like negative 17. Like, bro, why do you live there? Like, what type <laughs> of place is that? Like, why do you, you live in the North Pole with Santa Claus? Like, what the hell? <laughs> yeah, I've never, uh, I've never been. Now, I, it's weird, though, because I like cold, cooler, I like cooler weather. But I don't like that kind of cool. Like that's too much. That's yeah. that's just we've gone too far. We've gone too far. But anyways, um, 49ers land. Nick Bosa is going to be good next year. Did you hear? He's going to be yeah. He's, he's going to be better. better. Yeah. Right. He's going to be even better. So Nick Bosa is in the middle of his. Not in the middle. He's probably in kind of like the 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 final third of his recovery. Something like that. Right. How long has it been since he tore his ACL? Because it was like week two. Yeah, he tore a week too. So, so I mean, uh, technically, what is that? September. So October. It sounded November. like you know, like reading Josina Anderson's uh, uh, tweet that he's you know he's probably going to relax during the OTAs and everything, and he'll just be full go by training camp. Yeah, that's what I would assume. That's usually the the only like bright side when a player has that kind of injury is if you look at the timing of it. If they had it earlier in the season, it'd be like, all right, they should be okay. You know, but then you got like Ronald Blair who tore his like deep December, you know, and, and that eats into your off season. It eats into your training camp. It eats. And then it basically held him out for all this whole season. I don't even think he, that's a weird thing. Cause Ronald Blair, he, I mean, he heard his like week eight, 2019. I thought, well, maybe it was, it was and when they were was, playing. I thought it was yeah. late in the season. No, nah, it was like the first, the Monday night game when the 49ers were eight, no, and then lost that game. So they, so he he right, he uh he did that in the middle of the season. I'm I was really surprised he didn't play out all last year. That was actually kind of weird because you typically right. don't see that from an ACL. Well, I don't want to say it's weird because I mean dealing with Jared McKinnon and his injuries and the setbacks that he kept having, dealing with setbacks that D Ford is having and stuff. I guess it should be expected with Forty Nine players. Right. Yeah. And I don't know what they're going to do with D Ford with the, the injury guarantees and stuff like that. But so Nick Bosa, like if, if you, for some reason you aren't aware, like his rookie season was like historic, like as far and, and, you know, I put a lot of, when it comes to like edge rushers, I really like what pro football focus does because they just put a lot of emphasis. They track pressures, you know, they put a lot of emphasis on pressure, which is good because you're still, you know, you're still making something happen. And Nick Bosa as a rookie had 80 total pressures, which they said was 14 more than any other rookie has ever had in their little PFF era, which is is pretty. Ins- he, and he also had the 10 sacks. He had eight. They had him for 10 sacks. He had 18 quarterback hits. 
and then 52 pressures on top of that, you know, that didn't result in anything. So, I mean, the idea of a, of a better Nick Bosa is cool. I'm, I mean, 49ers would be cool with that. But we don't really care, though, because we just want to trade him for Deshaun Watson, right? <laughs> right. I, I, as you're saying that, I just read a, a tweet from Grant Cohen saying, should the 49ers include Javon Kinlaw in the, in the trade for Deshaun Watson? <laughs> <laughs> sure. Sure they should. <laughs> The 49ers would like to include all of their best players in that trade. They they literally would like to. They want to. So that's what we're trying to say. That's how some people treated us when we mentioned that. Like, how could you want to trade Nick Bosa? Yeah, like, no, we don't want to trade. But would I? For Deshaun Watson? Hell yeah. <laughs> that's that's what I was saying on the podcast without you is like, bro, who do you think they're going to ask for? Do you think they're going to ask for like, that's, you know, like. That's my thing. Like, no, no we'll, we'll give you your best player. Yeah, just like, we don't really want much. Like, no, I'm asking for the house. Like, I'm asking for everything. And again, I'm probably not going to get everything, but I'm going to ask for everything. I'm going to ask right. for Bosa. I'm going to ask for Fred Warner. I'm going to ask for however many first round picks. And probably, yeah, I'm not going to get that. And we'll settle somewhere in between. Right. Like me and my wife, we were talking about like eventually like wanting to build a house out here. And we were like, let's shoot for a 4,000 square foot home. And we're probably not going to get that. Right. We're going to kind of <laughs> like, let, let's, let's shoot for that. And that's what, that's right. what the Texans are going to do. Like, hey, let's shoot for, hey, now we want three first rounds, Bosa, and, you know, and it's like, nah, you can't have that. But, right. They're not going to hang up the phone. They're going to continue to talk yeah. and work it out. You know, if, if they're truly in that position, because, you know, I don't the, think they the, are. I mean, I don't want to say that. I, I'll say this. I do feel like they are intrigued by the, you know, what could be an opportunity to land Deshaun Watson. I, I, I believe that. Now, I also believe that, and I think I said on the pod, I know I definitely said it on, in, on Twitter, and I got some, you know, interesting uh, responses, but they are not, they're not, uh, 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 damn, this is what I use when they desperate. When desperate. Yeah, then then they are not desperate. They're not desperate. Right. So like they're not gonna go out and do something to where it's like, damn, we gotta trade all this for this player. Like they're just not gonna do it. The fans are desperate. Like I'm desperate. <laughs> I'm desperate. Like, yes, just bring me Watson. Like, however you gotta do it. I'm <laughs> desperate to see a, a quarterback that's really good. Dude, it's been too long, like for a consistent quarterback player, right? Like, just, like, yeah. consistently good quarterback play, it's been too long. We're, we're, we're talking about since Jeff Garcia. And even when Jeff Garcia was here, I don't think we really fully appreciated him. Like, you know what I'm saying? It was always like, right. oh, you're well, not because of, Right. <laughs> because of who he came after, you know. Yeah. Like, obviously, there was a little break there. But it's like, man, this isn't Steve Young. But he's still, he was Jeff Garcia, and he was pretty fucking good. Yeah. But so it was like. That you know, just kind of that drop off from like with Steve Young, like you know, NFC Championship every year or divisional round losing to the Packers every goddamn year. But um, like <laughs> you know, you you go from that to like kind of sucking, and then you know, turning around it somewhat, and then boom, poof, it's gone. And you know, you got Terrell Owens saying that your quarter, his quarterback is gay and all type of stuff. Then they split up everything, and you know what I'm saying. So like, and then after that, it was Tim Rattay and just. Cody Pickett, and Ken Dorsey. I don't. Even, I mean, JT O'Sullivan, uh, Sean Hill. I mean, just trash, trash. Not okay. I don't want to call them trash. 
Not very good quarterback play. Not consistent. Well, we, already, we already know how you feel about him, so you might as well just keep going with the same. Okay, like <laughs> it, yeah, it was just bad. It was trash. You know what I'm saying? So to you know, it, you know, if you want to go out and get somebody like Watson, who you feel would be really good for the next ten years, yes, I am desperate for that. I am desperate for that. Now, Kyle Shanahan's not, <laughs> and that's what, that's all that matters. So. He, I wish he would be somewhat desperate, though. I wish he would say, like, gosh, I wish I could do more. And I would love to just trade whatever I have to do to either get Watson or let me get that guy at Justin Fields, you know. I know. Well, hey, I mean, we don't. We we don't want to talk about that yet, dude. Do we want to talk? No, about no, no. We'll, I mean, we can never. Okay. We got we'll, some we'll get it. And stuff. Right. We got this. So on the, in the, on the I guess the inverse of Deshaun Watson in on the excitement meter, you know, it's like it's Jimmy Garoppolo who's already on the 49ers. Everybody's pretty much have it had it of that name. You can't mention him on Twitter without fighting with somebody. Um, they'll literally just jump in your mentions and want to fight you, and uh, and and it's. That's just the Jimmy, the polarity of Jimmy Garoppolo these days. Is there but, anything that bothers you? Like, is there is there like one thing that Twitter says that bothers you? Uh, I, I probably, probably, probably the fact that they act like he's really bad. Well, not just that, but just on a take of Jimmy or anything. When people call me an idiot or a clown, that really like it really bothers. Oh, when especially right. when they use the clown emoji, oh yeah, it, it bothers me. That's the one that kind of gets under my skin, but well, um, hey, I showed you my list of muted people, so it it really got to the point where I would just like Rob, you don't want to get into it with some dude with two followers. Just chill, put them on the mute list, and do your thing. No, like, so you're asking me, is, is there something that somebody says to me that like pisses me off? Yeah. Um. I don't yeah. take Twitter that serious, but th- those two, like you're an idiot or you're a clown, like those two that really bother me because I, I feel like like it's like damn this fool he really means that. You know what I <laughs> I think I think I'm kind of that way when someone responds to what you're saying and like they they say their opinion and then they include like laughing emojis like they're like like laughing at you and the way you thought I'm like dude it's not that dumb like what I right. thought was not dumb enough to make you laugh so. You know, like fuck off, man. <laughs> Somebody just tweeted but, me a take, um, or not a take, but you know, and we'll get into this. But I was talking about Carson Wentz, and or not Carson Wentz. I was talking about Jalen Hurts, and I was like, he played okay. You know, I was like, like, like he didn't play well enough to where because the, the the initial tweet that I quote tweeted was basically saying like, hey, uh, it's Hurts time. And in my head, it's like, no, the hell is not. Like, I'm not just handing him the starting job. Like. Like, yeah, like, you know, okay, he did some things that was intriguing. I thought he played okay. Like, he played fine. It wasn't – I mean, he got benched week 17. For good or for bad, like, whether it was the right thing or wrong thing to do, he got benched. So it's not – you know, midway through the fourth quarter, he had 70 passing yards. He wasn't moving the ball. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, we're talking about somebody – like, so that now all of a sudden he's just 100% going to be the starter, like, with a new coaching staff and all that. I just thought, like, let, let's punt the brakes on that. And if it were me – I would bring in a veteran quarterback to compete with him. And and hopefully, I want him to win. Like I, It's like, Hurts, I want you to win. But I have to bring in somebody just to compete, just in case. And now I don't know if they'll be able to do that because their money is all messed up. But that's just what I would do. Um, well, people actually, like, 
message me and we're like, people people tweet anything these days. Like people tweet anything. Like what are you talking about? Like I didn't even say anything that was like that wrong or like you know. Then right. somebody DM me and was like, "You can't be serious. This is a clown take." So I actually wrote him back and said, "You know, usually I wouldn't respond, but let's talk about this." He was like, "Wow, <laughs> thanks, man. I didn't think you would respond." <laughs> and then we had a good conversation. Like he said his bit, I said mine. He was like, "Okay, yeah, I can see where you're coming from now." It was like that's all I that's all I asked for. You know, just like like I don't have to be an idiot or a clown or anything. Like, can can we just have a conversation and I can tell you because typically I don't tweet things just to tweet it, except for maybe the uh when I said I'd rather have Heineke or whatever than Jimmy Garoppolo. And even then I wasn't I, I actually meant that. Like I meant that. Like just <laughs> from <laughs> a like I meant that from the standpoint of it's like do we're paying Jimmy Garoppolo $27 million, he's gonna make it to where you can't. You're going to lose free agents. You're going to lose key uh, pieces to your team. And it's like, this dude don't even be playing in games. Like, this dude misses seasons. And it's like, I'm paying this dude $27 million. I'm going to lose uh, potential guys that I could resign. And there's no guarantee that he's going to just actually freaking play. So, yes, I'd rather have Heineke or whatever for whatever else uh-huh. he's getting paid, that which is much cheaper than Garoppolo and knowing – he might not play. Like, I don't know. Like, he's missed two out of three years. It could be very random. But it's just, like, it's hella irritating. <laughs> it's hella irritating. <laughs> and, and then on top of that, like, it's like, I'm going to lose people because of you. Like, I'm going to lose Verrett. I'm going to lose Kawan Williams. Like, I'm going to lose, you know what I'm saying? Like, Tart. Like, I'm, I'm going right. to lose people. Like, and, you know, I might lose Trent Williams because of you. <laughs> you, know <what> I'm saying? <laughs> you don't even play that right. much. Like, that, that's irritating. As much as I think... Obviously, 49ers are better with him. Yeah, and I think that's fair. I, and I think the the situation has so many different aspects to it that people just, and I've said this multiple times, they just get too caught up in one aspect of it. You know, and I think Matt Mayoko, we had, we kind of talked about it before the pod. Matt Mayoko kind of did a good job with an article um, uh, from NBC Sports Bay Area, uh, kind of breaking down like the dynamics of Jimmy Garoppolo and his position with the team and why fans are just a little too kind of like, I don't know, like forward about what can happen. They're almost like, I think fans by their nature, just kind of like they, 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 they think of what they want to happen. And then they will try to just explore every possible scenario that could result in their, their <laughs> thing happening. You right. know what I mean? And so like Mayoko was kind of responding back to some of these tweets. And one of the tweets was like, you know, do you think Jimmy Garoppolo, could request a trade and 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 Matt Mayoko was like well, what reason would he have to do that there's literally nothing about his situation with the 49ers that he doesn't like other than maybe the fact that he keeps hearing about all these other quarterbacks you know obviously that isn't ideal but the 49ers are paying him 25 million dollars to get over it and go out and compete and play quarterback you know and so they're paying him 25 million He's not going to get that on the open market if he were cut. Of course, he doesn't want to be traded. And there was another question about the fact that, like, if Jimmy Garoppolo were to were to would he would he waive his no trade clause? And Matt Mayoka was like, "Well, of course he would, because if he's if the 49ers are trading him, it's probably come down to it's either we trade you or we cut you." And if he would obviously prefer to be traded because then he gets paid twenty five million dollars. 
Right. You know, but if he gets cut, what do you think somebody I think that he would get signed quickly and he would be the starter, but what do you think he's getting paid? 10 to 15? So I was listening Maybe. to uh, Haberman and Middlecoff and what they said it would be like like 12 to 15, but heavily incentivized. Like so like um you know, if he it'd be like 12 to 15 base or something like that, but like you know, a chance to make twenty five million if he plays every game, if he makes the playoffs, like you know what I'm saying, right? Um, and and in that case, his team doesn't care that they're paying you that because they're just happy that everything worked out, right? You know, so yeah, he, well, Jim Garoppolo has like he's getting twenty seven, no matter what. Yeah, it's like right at twenty five, twenty seven. Yeah, and it's no matter what, like that's what he's gonna make to yeah. play quarterback, whether he plays. 16 games plus or three. Two. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I was being optimistic and going with the three. Well, it's, it's, yeah, it seems like it'd be optimistic if he didn't only play in three games, two out of the last <laughs> three seasons. Well, he played right. in, excuse right. me, he played in six games last year. He finished three. <laughs> right. So, I mean, it's, he's had a rough go at it the last three years. And I, I feel, I do feel like people are just kind of like politics. Like they're really far on one side or they're really far on the other side where they're like 49ers went to the Super Bowl with Jimmy. He's a Super Bowl caliber quarterback. And then there's like Jimmy G sucks ass. Why is he still on the roster? Things. <laughs> and I think it's probably somewhere in the middle. I think the 49ers probably think he's good, you know, and they, they know they can win. And a healthy Jimmy Garoppolo means they're probably winning games, but obviously, do they? Can they upgrade? Can they get better? Sure, but like you were saying earlier, they're not. They don't feel desperate. You know, they're not like we have to find an answer or this season's screwed. But if Jimmy G gets hurt again, then all of a sudden they're like, "Oh man, what did we do?" You know what I mean? Like this is our fault. That's to me. If the 49ers roll with Jimmy, and he gets hurt again. That's to that's when like that big old spotlight that Grant Cohn always talks about it goes woof, right on Kyle Shanahan's face. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. hey man, you had a couple chances and you you rolled the dice. We yeah, well I, I'm at that point too where like I and again I, I say it all the time like dude I get it like I understand the circumstance I understand that it's fluky with him missing games like I understand all that. But at the end of the day, this has been a proven track record for Garoppolo, and it kind of is what it is at this point. And you've had semi-opportunities to try to upgrade. Uh, okay, so let's talk about that for a second. Because I know that's a big thing. I, I've had people in my comments like, well, if they if 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 they stay with Garoppolo, like that's on them. Like that's on them for doing that. And in my head, it's kind of like, well, they they kind of had to. Like they they looked into Stafford, goddamn Panthers offered an eight. Bridgewater and right, like a, right. something like that. Like, so, like, if they're going to offer that, bro, like, I can't get Stafford unless I give up multiple firsts, including pick 12. Not going to happen, right? So, it was like that, and, you know, and I don't, like, even if they gave up pick 12, it was not going to get Stafford. Like, it wasn't going to get Stafford. Like, it was going to have to be right. pick 12, a first next year, and maybe Garoppolo or pick 12 and some, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it was going to be more than just pick 12, which – it seems like that wasn't something that they really want to do. But it, it had to be more than that because the Panthers were offering pick eight and a, like a third round pick or something like that. So how many? Well, and, then you, and then you had the uh, you had the dynamic that the new Lions GM was a former Rams from office guy, 
Right. So to me, you have to offer even more to make it to where that guy just can't responsibly take the Rams offer, you know, right. and it would have so, been, an, it would have been nuts. So if you go off of what Kyle Shanahan has said, which is, you know, he look into improving the position, uh, that was a realistic option until you hear about what they're being offered. And everybody was offering first. The Reds get the well, Washington football team. It's like everybody was coming out yeah. offering first. Um, so that was something where, like, yeah, they looked into it, but it was just something that wasn't going to happen. And then, you know, Deshaun Watson is like, yeah, like, yeah, I would be interested to trade for Watson. And somebody's going to get him. But, and I think that's what you said on the last pod that I wasn't on. Like, somebody's going to get him. Like, there's going to be one team that gets him, right? <laughs> but it's like, what is that team going to have to give up? And if it's the 49ers, uh, you know, it's just – like, well, you have a chance to get them. And it's like, okay, well, they were asking for four first-round picks in Bosa and Warner. And so, all the, like, did you guys really want to see that? <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like, so to say, I like. Picture, like I, the way you said that, I just picture, like, a super emotional John Lynch. Like, it's, like, almost crying. He's like, but they were they were asking for four first-round picks in, in Bosa and Warner. <laughs> so what y'all want us to do, man? Like, no, we can't do that. So, this, you know, you know what, 49er fans. If y'all want to be mad at anything, be mad that they won those fucking two games at the end of the season. <laughs> be mad at that. Because I would say, you remember, I made a whole pod where I went off, what, for like the first 10, 15 minutes of the pod saying, I did not want the 49ers to win like that. Like, I didn't root for them to lose. I didn't want them to win. You know, like, I just, like, and at the end did. of the season, it, it was a wash. Like, the season was done. And... It's like, what are, we, what are we winning? Why are we? Why are we beating the Rams? Like, why are we beating the Cardinals? Like, no, lose those games. And if they would have lost them, we'd be a top five pick right now, and we'd be looking at situation a lot different than what we're looking at now. Like, we really being played for either Fields or Wilson, and that would be the conversation right now. That would be the conversation, or Watson might really be the like the conversation. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, okay, well, we got fourth overall pick. Like, okay, what's up? it's such a Uh, weird dynamic man because i was like you know how i am like we obviously both talked about the fact that like strategic we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yes, the 49ers should lose, but... You know, that's not how it works in a football locker room. Yeah. And, and then, obviously, you We don't have obviously, no control over it. My thing was just, in my head, is just like, like uh-huh. I, I do not mind them losing. Like, like Robbie goes kicking the game winner against the, the Rams. I'm over here blowing, like, 
trying to blow the punt. I mean, trying to blow the kick <laughs> off the side. Like, no, I don't want them to win right now. But again, we don't have any control over that. Like, we don't, people, oh, you're not a real fan. Like, dude, I have no, I like, I don't have anything to do with that, whether they win or lose. Like, I, I have no part in that, no hand in that or anything. So it's just, that's just a thought of mine. Like, a logical thought, I thought. Striking Gold is sponsored by BetterHelp. Is there something interfering with your happiness or is preventing you from achieving your goals? Is what the 49ers going to do with the third overall pick stressing you out? Or maybe it's something a little more personal. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You can start communicating in under 48 hours. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It is professional counseling done securely online. There's a broad range of expertise available, which may not be locally available in many areas. The service is available for clients worldwide. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your counselor. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions so you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room as with traditional therapy. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they can make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. Visit their website and read their testimonials that are posted daily. Visit BetterHelp.com gold. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, and join the over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they are recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. Special offer for Striking Gold listeners. Get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com gold. That's betterhelp.com g-o-l-d. Hey, did you, did you see this hypothetical trade that Peter King came up with? I saw like a bunch of bullshit. Like, Dude, I didn't read it. Like, like, <laughs> Dude, it's horrible. Like, okay, I'm going to read this to you guys. All right. And yes, it involves Kyle Shanahan getting Kirk Cousins finally, which I almost want to happen just so like everybody can shut the hell up about it. And like, and like either Kirk Cousins plays hella bad. And I'm like, ha, Kyle, you're an idiot. You wanted this guy all along. Or he plays hella good and everybody's like, see, this is what he was after the whole time. Or like, it's some magic, it's a, it's a magic pairing. Like they just become like the, like the next Bill Belichick. Yeah. But anyways, so. Oh, real quick. Kirk Cousins has made a lot of money. There are a lot of people that like, I, I know you've probably seen the, the Kyle Shanahan. He can't evaluate quarterbacks. Have you seen those tweets? But he can't oh, evaluate Right. Like, because he selected CJ Beathard in the back end of the third round. Right. Like the dude evaluated Kirk Cousins, who has made almost $200 million after being what, a fourth or fifth round pick. Got up on the table and pitched a fit for Kirk Cousins in the fifth round. And now the dude's made $200 million. Damn near $200 million. When it's all said and done, he's going to make $200 million. So That's I would wild. say, you know, as far as, you know, something that goes for him, like being able to evaluate quarterbacks, like you don't make that much. You don't make money like that. If, if you can't play, like, I don't care what anybody says, you make $200 million. Like 
you you got to be doing something right. Just from a standpoint of him being able to play and evaluate the position. But go ahead. Sorry, I cut you off. No, no, you're good, man. Um, so in this hypothetical trade by the MMQB's Peter King, uh, the Vikings send Kirk Cousins to San Francisco. So it's a three-way trade between the Vikings, San Francisco, and excuse me, Houston. You're not going to like this. Don't don't like get your hopes up that this is a cool scenario. So the Vikings send Kirk Cousins to the 49ers. The 49ers send Garoppolo to Houston. Then the Texans send Watson to Minnesota. Okay, so Niners get Cousins, Texans get Garoppolo, and the Minnesota gets Watson. And in return, all the compensation, the Niners send their first round pick, and then they're done. But they've also sent Jimmy Garoppolo. So the Niners have be, are trading Jimmy Garoppolo and a first round pick, and they're getting Cousins back. Okay, nah, which, I don't like that. I don't, and then the rest of the trade, which nobody cares about because it's other teams. The Vikings would send linebacker Anthony Barr and running back Alexander Madison, plus their first-round picks in 2021, 2023, and a second-rounder in 2022 and 2023 in exchange for Watson. Houston gets Garoppolo, two ones, a one in 2023, and two second-round picks. Like The only team that like didn't make out right there is the 49ers. Like they paid a first round pick. They gave up Garoppolo and then they get Kirk Cousins walking in the door like all hella white. Like, hey guys, how's it going? Doing this little dance. This little... Right. You like that? <laughs> you like that? Like, nah, like, nah. How much pressure would be on uh Kirk Cousins in that situation? Oh my gosh, man. Like, and it's what's funny is there'd be all this pressure on him to be great, but there wouldn't be any of this like insane fan support. Like, people would just be like, hey, it's Kirk Cousins. Like, you better be good, bro. But, hey, look, it's Kirk Cousins. Like, that would be the, that would be it. You know, they would, like, there would nobody would be all that excited about it, and everybody would be like, if you're not good, I'm going to hate you. Yeah. <laughs> but anyways, that's a horrible scenario. Oh, yeah. you know what? Speaking of scenarios, you mentioned Carolina earlier. Uh, tell uh, – and, and obviously we've talked a little bit about Mac Jones, the Alabama quarterback in here. But tell tell the uh, the Strike and Gold podcast what you heard about Mac Jones uh, earlier today. Now, when he says what I heard, like not through a source, through no, Tandem no. on Twitter, <laughs> former, former information available on Twitter. Yeah, um, but it sounds like he's saying, like, I mean, in the way he said it, he said it with a lot of conviction, as if like this is what he's hearing. Like that that was that was kind of what I took from it. And one thing, okay, with these guys in the NFL, what they don't understand is people in the NFL, um, you know, it's just like any of us where you if you worked somewhere before and you have buddies at that job, you can reach out to those buddies and they'll tell you what's going on. And it's just like like that with the NFL. So when you have somebody like Mike Tenenbaum and he's saying that pick 8, and I thought I heard him wrong. He said pick 8 is the Floor for Mac Jones, meaning Mac Jones isn't getting past the Panthers at pick eight. And if a team like the Patriots or anybody else wants him, they will have to trade up for him. I I was, I thought at first I was hearing them wrong. Now you and I, we talked about it right where we've had kind of a, I don't want to say glowing, but the the way that we've kind of talked about Mac Jones. We talk about him as if he's a top five pick, but that we 
but we tell ourselves that we don't like him. Not not that we don't like him, but like no, we don't we don't like you like that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's right. like it's like a girl who's like, you know, pretty and has like a lot to offer, and it's like, yeah, but like, you know, you don't look like, you know, just somebody, you know, the baddest of the baddest, right? Like Holly Berry or something. So it's like, no, mm-hmm. like I like you, but I just don't like you like that. And that's how it is. Like, like that's what we tell ourselves. And we're really just probably like, hey man, like you probably should get with her. It's probably like a good, a good little, you know, deal. She'll probably be a really good. Uh, like, bro, she's good looking. She's got great personality, and she's, she's in the job. Like, what are you waiting on? Her, her teeth are nice. Like, so, so, um, <laughs> <laughs> so, like, when we look at Mac Jones, and everybody's gonna push back on the thought of him being a top eight pick. Everybody, most people, but the way that you and I talk about him, and I've said it on Twitter, and we've said it on the pod, he does quarterback things better than anybody else in this class. Like, I've said that. So it's like I'm saying these things, but then I'm like, no, nah, <laughs> no, nah, like I don't care. Like, no, you can't, you can't be a top eight pick though, even though you have the best pocket awareness, you have a good enough arm, like you're accurate, like you, you are mobile enough, like you actually run for first down. Like, you know what I'm saying? I call him Mac Vic. Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, like all these things where it's like, I like this about him. Oh, look at like look at him stand in there and take the hit and throw. Like he does all these things very well. But it's like, nah, like I don't like you for my team though when really is like maybe we're kind of downplaying like how well he how good he is and maybe the league is a lot higher on him than draft twitter which i think the only reason draft twitter is down on him is because he can't run like the other guys i think that's the only reason well and if you look at it that's the only difference like that's the only thing that he can't do that all the other guys do. He might have his arm strength isn't quite as much, but he's still making yeah. all the throws. You know what I mean? Like he's not, uh, he's still making deep throws like it's nothing. But yeah, I was, there was that moment and I'm text you and I was like, Hey man, like what do like, what's, what do people not like about Mac Jones? Like he's you in this offense with good, he's like, he's like, he's in this offense with good players and he's like running it to like max efficiency and, and like, isn't that what people expect quarterbacks in Kyle Shanahan's offense to do? Like, doesn't that make him good? Like, and, and I was like, I was like, why do people not like this guy? Like, what's going on here? Like, well, my I, answer was, they they don't like him because he can't run. Like right. that, that's it. If he if he could just run a little bit, people would be much more much much higher on him, and would it's not push wave, back. You know, it's a wave. It is a wave. And I think it's a little exaggerated when it comes to him. He can move. Like, he's not – he's kind of like Baker Mayfield-ish a little bit. Now, I think Baker Mayfield is a little bit more athletic, but, like, he's kind of Baker Mayfield-ish or even like Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins can move a little bit. Like, he can run out of the pocket for, like, a first down maybe. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's not – he's not going to yeah. make a living running. He's only going to run probably a couple of times a year. But he can kind of move out the pocket. Like I think he's 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 a better quote unquote runner than Jimmy Garoppolo. Hell, right. they ran read option. Uh, like I think he ran the touchdown when he was with the uh, Washington football team playing against the 49ers. They did like read option on the goal line with him. So like you know what I'm saying he's athletic enough, I guess. Uh, Mac Jones is like that. Now it's not a, an elite trait. And me, if I'm picking somebody in the top ten, especially a quarterback, ideally. I want you to have something that I can't teach. Like I, I can teach your, your, you know, 
or you you would hope that you can coach up, you know, pocket presence and those things. And maybe you can. Maybe that's why Jimmy Garoppolo sometimes he starts doing weird stuff in the pocket. But you would hope that you can coach up that or, you know, being able to coach up, you know, oh, let's get him to understand how to go through his reads and let's feed it to him this way, you know, whatever. But you can't really teach, like, who he threw that ball. 65 yards in the air on a dime, like, you know what I'm saying? Right. Oh, he's running, he's running left and flicks it across his body and, you know, to the only part in the, the teeny tiny corner of the end zone, like, you know, those things some of these other guys could do, like, he ain't doing that. So I think from that standpoint, your ceiling isn't as high, and I think that's what kind of people see. But I do think people are kind of really uh, extreme with their dislike for him where, like, I think he's, I think he's fine. Like, I, I think he's, he he's he's a lot like a Garoppolo, but with like bet. Okay, I don't want to say better. Um, if I'm comparing the two right now, which is hard to compare somebody who has never been in the NFL or played the NFL right. down to somebody who I've seen play NFL. That, that was somebody you know on Twitter too, like talking about uh, Dan Orlowski was like, "Oh, you guys, you know." Everything that you guys like about Zach Wilson, like Sam Darnold can do the same thing. He has all these traits that people are like, no, like Sam Darnold, he's this and that. And it's like, well, I'm, you've seen him do that in the NFL. You haven't seen Zach Wilson yet. So that's why it's hard to compare the two. So when I talk about Garoppolo and Mac Jones, it's hard to compare the two. But I do know this, at least from what we're seeing now, and I would have to go back and look at uh, Garoppolo as a prospect, Mac Jones' willingness to push the ball down the field, that's something that I would really like to see Garoppolo do. And Mac Jones' uh, pocket awareness is really good all the time. Where Jimmy is like hit and miss. So I think those are two things right there where it's like, mm, okay, throw the ball downfield. Nice. We'd like to see that. Uh, better pocket awareness. Mm, we'd like to see that. So from that standpoint, it's like, man, if you can guarantee me, and I mean, guarantee is a strong word, but a slightly better Garoppolo, that's something that is, is pretty intriguing. I think that's good enough, right? Like, what else do the 49ers want from a quarterback? Well, I think that's a good point, too. It's like, obviously, everybody wants the quarterback that can do Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson things, but it just doesn't happen that often. So, like, you could want that, but your odds of getting that are so slim. But if you could get – if you knew you could draft – a quarterback and he was going to be let's just better than Jimmy Garoppolo. That's still really valuable for a draft pick. You know what I mean? Like you're still taking an unknown, right? Just, yeah. And, and be healthy. Um, you're still t- taking an unknown quantity and you're turning it into something that's like a quality NFL player at the most important position. And I, dude, I like one of the comparisons I, I was talking to you and KP about him. It's like, dude, Mac Jones to me is like, obviously there's no goat status, but he's like, he's like Tom Brady. Like, he, he obviously, he, like I said, he doesn't have that career, but he just stands there and plays quarterback hella good. Like, and you can still win with that. Mosher, um, I can't think of his first name right now, but he's he's like a, he's a Cowboy fan. He Marcus. does Marcus Mosher, yeah. So, yeah. did you see his tweet about Tom Brady? So it was it was Mel Kiper's it was it was Mel Kiper's reaction to Tom Brady being drafted. So this is nineteen ninety nine or two thousand or whatever. And Mel Kuyper basically was saying, like, all the things that we say. Now, again, we're talking about somebody who was drafted, like, sixth or seventh round. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, like, when you have these type of question marks, it's easy to kind of see why. But everything that, that Mel Kuyper was saying about uh, uh, 
Brady are the same things that we say about Mac Jones. Right. Like, and, and you got to take away the, the hyperbole of that. Like, obviously we're not saying that Mac Jones is the next guy to win, go to 10 Super Bowls and win seven of them or something like that. But we're just saying that like, in terms of just playing quarterback, like he's hella good at it. And I, I just, I, I was always really hesitant to like go to bat for him because one, I'm not a quarterback, uh, you know, scout. And two, everybody just hated him. And I'm like, man, this guy seems like he's pretty good, but like everybody I doesn't like him. So. Air, yeah, air that hole out. Air that hole yeah, out. That's where it came from. Yeah. And that was before the season even started. And I was like, He's the most Kyle Shanahan type guy I, from the standpoint of kind of what Kyle has shown to like, like, you know, a Fields, somebody who I would like more, right? I would want Fields, but you know, he's not what Kyle has shown to really like, you know what I'm saying? Like, as far as like the examples that have been in the building, <laughs> you know, right. they haven't looked like Fields at all. <laughs> Nobody. Well, it's just that I think Kyle Shanahan has such an, like he's so confident in himself and the place he calls that he just wants a quarterback that understands his offense to a T and mm-hmm. will throw the ball where if Kyle Shanahan was a good quarterback, where he would throw the ball. You right. know what I mean? Like, like he just wants a guy that's going to like almost like a robot. Like he knows the, the plays are programmed into his head and he knows if he sees this, he's going there. If he sees this, he's going there. I mean, it's mainly like a two read offense. You know what I mean? Like most of well, the time. most things are. So, okay, right, so right, right. you want to get into fields? Uh, well, one thing that we need to say oh, that okay. I know you're going to agree with is that we now know, according to a lot of NFL Twitter, that uh, – or at least a lot of what we – the ridiculous shit we started here is that Justin Fields can't read a defense because he's black, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> That's what we're hearing now. And it was only a matter of time, it seems like, before somebody threw that bullshit out there. Right. Okay. So with Justin Fields and Greg Cosell kind of alluded to something as well. You know what? But I think I have it pulled up. Let's see. Because Bowen, Matt Bowen just. Anyways, but before I get into to the whole Justin Fields thing or the kind of words, Greg Cosell basically said he needs to see a clean picture. Like he needs to see it like for him to make the throws. Now, what Akash actually put – now, let me find his tweet. Hold on, man. Hold on before I – You see Akash's uh, tweet? No, I, I didn't. He tweets so, a lot. <laughs> I, could, I could definitely miss one. So, so Matt Bowen put out his, uh, his, his player information or his scouting report on, on Justin Fields. And Akash put – you know, quote, quoted one part of it, and it said, "Best fit, intermediate." Now, listen, listen to this: intermediate-based pass game that attacks the middle of the field. Like this is what would be best for Justin Fields: intermediate-based passing game that attacks the middle of the field, utilizing his movement ability off of play action and quarterback design runs with a scheme, with schemed-up vertical throws. <laughs> and the guy said, "Gee." What offense uh, does that sound like? <laughs> you know, right. like basically like that could be the 49ers offense. Now, Cosell kind of alluded to something else, basically saying he holds on to the ball too long. Um, when I when I went through uh, Matt Bowen's scouting report, that was one thing that he said, but it 
it looks like it's part of the. So it says uh, accurate. This I said. Hold on. It said it was in the weakness. Uh, where is it? At? Vertical route tree at Ohio State, which caused him to wait for primary read to show. So everybody, including myself, when I'm watching Ohio State, it looks like he's stare. He's staring down a guy. So that's everybody. Like when you, they say he's a one read guy. They're, they're looking at it from that standpoint. But really what he's doing is they they have a vertical passing game and they have these uh, option routes off of it, which Rich Madrid has posted several other plays. There are a bunch of options off of it. So he's looking at a guy to see what he, the receiver is going to decide to do. Is right. a receiver going to take it here? He's, he's yeah. and so it's not an offense that he can throw with anticipation. And that was my main thing with him. I don't see the anticipation throws. I see the great throws. Like, I see the the big throws, the great ball placement. I see all that. But I don't see the anticipation throws that he'll be asked to do in the NFL. But now when you kind of look at it from that standpoint, it's like, well, you don't see the anticipation throws because his offense doesn't call for him to do that. His offense, right. he's reading guys off of um, what possibly is going to be open, and then they have – options off of that so he has to wait for a guy to declare and then he lets it rip so is i think he's going to be a very interesting eval for people uh clearly i mean if you just watch the film and don't just go off of like if you just look at it from a standpoint well he's not really asked to do this and you just and then you just go and watch you'll see him going through his reads like you'll see plays where he's like scanning the field and then making the throw so yeah does he do it like a lot I, I didn't think he did it a lot, but he did it enough to where I know he can do it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. Um, now, one thing that uh, Matt Bowen also said was that he relies like against blitzes and pressures. He relies a lot on his athletic traits. And that's one thing that Kyle probably wouldn't like. Cause it's like against a blitz, he just probably wants you to get rid of the ball. And with fields, he's shown to, hold on to the ball and then try to like spin out of it or make a play and end up taking like a sack. But it's like, okay, Kyle, you get paid hell of money. Like coach him up then. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like coach him up. Like you got the most like talented player in the class. I think he's like, you know, obviously Lawrence is extremely talented as well, but I think he's like, like there's nobody more talented than him in the class. Coach him up. You got everything you want with, with this guy. Then, you know, these are some of the same things. I mean, how did Deshaun Watson fall to pick 12? People had like these weird little issues with him. It's like, man, the dude can play. So just coach him up. Right. Well, and I, I think that Justin Fields has spent a lot of time in that quarterback collective group, right? That Kyle Shanahan does a lot of work for. I think that Justin Fields has spent a lot of time with that group, which means that Kyle Shanahan should have, or probably had a little bit of first hand experience with Fields. And to me, though, I mean, I, I made the joke about, you know, him not being able to go through his reads because he's black. Obviously, nobody said that. But right. they just started talking about the fact that he struggled to go through reads. And it just seemed a little like, are you are you sure? Because this – and to <laughs> me, it seems more like, like somebody out there likes Fields a lot. And they're trying to get some idiot GM to, like, second-guess themselves on him. And maybe he slides to – Sit or five. I don't okay, know. Okay, no, 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 no. Say he slides a six. That's Philadelphia's pick. I don't expect them to draft a quarterback. You know, that's the no, tough I thing. Either. You know, they just drafted a quarterback second round. They're not 100% sure what they have in them, but he's shown that he can play well. 
So if you're Philly and Fields is there and you're the 49ers, do you make a move up to Philly to pick six for Fields? Well, that I, I, I mean, well, you no, I know what you probably would do. Do you think that Kyle would be willing to do that? Man. It's just so I have good. no idea what Kyle Shanahan wants or thinks. <laughs> like, uh, if there's one, like, he's so honest, but at the same time, I don't know shit. Like, I just don't know what he's thinking. You know, but if if he does have that little bit of a connection through Fields um, with that QB collective, and I, I think he probably – there's probably an element of him that, one, doesn't like training up rookie quarterbacks or bringing them up, but at the same time wants to have a quarterback like another – uh, cousins, I mean, obviously this is taken in a drastically different draft position that he calls that's his own. That's his pick. You know, that like, this right. is the guy I want. We're trading up for you. You're the man. I'm going to invest my time and effort into coaching you into the, the ideal that's quarterback. It, it's like, Kyle, don't you want your guy? Because so far right now, I've kind of made the excuses for him. Whereas like, oh, Brian Hoyer, like plays on, oh, Matt Barkley, you know, whatever. Oh, CJ Beathard, he was a third round pick and really Supposed to be fourth round, but John Lynch liked him and traded up late. Oh, Jimmy Garoppolo, like John, that was John Lynch that traded for him. And, you know, uh, 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 Shanahan was sick over that, right? Like, literally sick for that, over that. Um, you know, and, and I look at it like, well, he just hasn't had his guy. So it's like, Kyle, don't you, and I'm not talking about goddamn Kirk Cousins, Kyle. I'm talking about one of these young dudes that you can develop and mold. You do have a long contract. Now, I feel like that kind of if if he if he does draft say 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 Kyle trades up and drafts a Justin, Justin Fields, I think that extends his window of like people because right now if, if if you roll out there with with with, with Jimmy, I don't want to say Super Bowl or bust, but it's like you better be fucking good, like you right. better be really 100%. good. Now, if you trade up for Justin Fields. I think if you don't have a great year, people are a little bit more understanding, right? Like people are like, well, he went with Justin Fields. Like he's young. He has to grow into the offense. He cut Jimmy Garoppolo or whatever. You knew that this was, wasn't going to be smooth, but okay, well, next year, like, you know what I'm saying? And, and it's like, well, yeah, Kyle, you do have next year in a sense because you do have like a lot of years left. They just extended your contract for like five more years. So you 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 have time. I feel like if you draft a quarterback high, I feel like he has time. If he doesn't, then people he has time, like you know, with Jet York. But people are going to be looking at him a lot different if he rolls out there with Garoppolo and doesn't have as good a year. Yeah, and and I think everything about the situation of trading up for somebody like Fields, or even if it wasn't Fields, if it was Trey Lance. Or shit, now that with the conversation we just had, even if they stuck at 12 and they took Mac Jones, like if any of that situation played out, it would be Kyle Shanahan putting his stamp on that quarterback. And I don't think, and I also think that if any of those situations played out, everybody would probably think the move was pretty solid. Obviously, Mac Jones is a little crazy, you know, like, but if we're hearing like the floor is eight, then maybe it's not as crazy as we think it is. Um, You know, um, if any of those happens, then he's officially put his stamp on a quarterback. I think the unanimous opinion throughout the league or whatever analyst is going to be like, you know, good for Kyle Shanahan. He finally, you know, gets to put his stamp on a quarterback for the first time since like Kirk Cousins. And let's see what he can do. And I think that 
you know, obviously with that comes the security that you're talking about where like, you know, you get a year or two to get the, get them humming and, you know, stuff like that. So right. I, like, I think people kind of get off his back a little bit, right? Because of course. You know, it's like, obviously like, and you want to compete, like you want to make playoffs, but if it's not as smooth sailing, I think people would be a little bit more understanding. Whereas like, okay, they went up, they got this guy, like they plugged him in. And even then, like you look at the cap situation, you probably are in a better cap situation moving forward than you are actually like this year right now. So that would even right. make more sense. Like from that standpoint of kind of reloading a little bit, right? Like, well, and then you'd have Justin Fields and, and probably, I mean, they have probably already done it by now, but the main thing would be like the 49ers found a way to keep Trent Williams. And now they drafted Justin Fields at whatever overall. And you can see that the plan's kind of taking shape and the 49ers have all these weapons on offense. I mean, Justin Fields is going to be behind a decent offensive line. He's going to be throwing to George Kittle. He's going to throw into, you know, uh, Debo Samuel. He's going to be throwing to Brandon Ayuk. Like, damn, like good for you, Kyle Shanahan. And But if he sticks with Garoppolo, everybody's going to be like, oh, shit, this better work. You know, like, it's yeah. it's just more of a, like, put up or shut up time when it comes to sticking with a quarterback who's missed two out of the three seasons. And and obviously he has that one season to hang his hat on. Like, look, when he was healthy, we kicked ass. So we just wanted to see him healthy again so we could kick ass again. But, you know, that – I do think that things would probably go over a lot smoother if they made a move like that. But also too, another take real quick. How often are the 49ers going to have this opportunity to be picking this high big thing for me in striking range to get a quarterback and, and, you know, and not have to like, you know, do something like super drastic. Right. Like right Right. now they're, they're out of position, you know, if, you know, a Trey Lance or, you know, Fields or whoever, right? Like if, if they are there around six or seven or eight and you want to trade up, well, you only have to move up four or five spots right now. Right. Whereas, whereas if Garoppolo plays a full year, you probably are better. But if Garoppolo is kind of what we think was pretty average, like say you just get bounced out in the first round. Now you're picking 20th or whatever. And, you know, to trade up, you got to do a whole lot more drastic movement than – being in this position right now. And you got to get a whole lot more lucky. You know, you got to, if you're in the back end of the first round, the furthest you're going to be able to trade up to is like mid first round. You're hoping it's like some Patrick Mahomes to Sean Watson situation where you just get this guy that ends up being amazing. Whereas at least probably the odds would say like that, that tweet we saw that one time about all the quarterbacks that were in the playoffs and when they were drafted and like the vast majority of them were in like the top 10 or 12. And it was, so at least, and that's the thing that Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch have got to look at each other and say, and like, look, last year sucked, but if things work out, are we ever going to be in this position during our contract that we have right now? Think about you know? like this too. Like, look at the Colts. The Colts, and I know we're supposed to talk about this, but the Colts made the drastic move to trade for wins. Why do they have to trade for wins? It's because they're picking in the 20s. Like, they can't. They're not in striking range for any young quarterback. It's like, man, we have to trade for wins and hope it works out. Or we get bring back Brissett or <laughs> you know, whoever Where is the hell. That guy right now. Where is Jacoby? He might be a he might be a free agent. Really? Yeah, I mean he's been with he's been with in the in right. so right. he, I mean, yeah, he, he might be like they were like running him in the goal line and shit. Like he was like their goal <laughs> line back. <laughs> yeah. Um he might still be there, but I want to say he's probably a free agent. Right, American what do you football, see? and then, so, yeah. What's I'm just trying to find out like what's his contract? 
Because, okay, I don't know. Signed yeah, a two-year, thirty million dollar deal. Yeah, he's a he's a free agent this year. This year, right? So, yeah, you know I'm saying so. It's like okay, like what? How do you if if you're picking in the twenties? How do you address a position like that? That it, like is the most important position, and you're not you don't have it solidified, right? Without like embracing the idea that we have to f- suck, you know, to get like a top five pick. You don't want right. to do that. So no, what do before- you do? How'd they get Peyton Manning? How'd they get Andrew Luck? You know what I'm saying? Like, well, we had the number one overall pick. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, right, right. You know, and, and, you know, so now, like, looking at it, you know, you don't want to be stuck in their position where it's like, damn, I, I have to trade for Carson Wentz and hope it works out, which it very well can, has a former uh, coach on staff. Like, it, it can work out. I, I believe it actually is going to work out. But this was a move that they had to do. They didn't, we weren't in the position like the 49ers where it's like, dude, you could just trade up. You know you could just trade up, right? <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Right. And, I mean, even with the coach, like, they gave up assets. Now, they didn't give up a first-round pick, but I want to say it was a third and a second that could be a first in the yeah. next year's so it was a third this year and then a second next year that, depending on his playing time, right around 70%, could turn into a first. And if he is who they think he is, then it's a first-round pick. Right. Yeah. They're, they're not going to, it won't, it, they're, what they're saying is like, look, if Carson Wentz works out. He plays a lot. We're good. It's going to be a late first anyway. Fuck it. We got a quarterback. Right. So yeah, that, I mean, that's the, and, and again, that's more of a desperate move because it was like, that was something that the Colts had to do. Like they had to like Philip Rivers retired. There's no Jacoby Brissett. Who the hell is their quarterback? So it's like they, they have to. There, that's a definitely definitely a more drastic situation than the 49ers. But even with the 49ers, it, it's like kind of like where Vikings are with Kirk Cousins, where it's like, damn, like, okay, like we know he's solid, but I sure would like to do better. And they, they just can't. Right. That's kind of that, that, to me, that's the big thing is like, okay, so if if there's to me, there's almost no way that the 49ers are sold on Garoppolo in like a broader long-term perspective. I, I think right. that they probably think that they can get another good year out of him, and maybe they do. But if they were, they would restructure his contract. They would have right. been restructured it. If they right. if they if they if they felt like he was, you know, hey, he's here for the long haul, at that point they they would restructure his contract so they can move money around, free up cap space. But that would likely mean that their dead cap hit would be more the following year, which would make it it more likely that he would be on the team, right? Yeah, so, I mean, yeah, if they restructured it... If I'm wrong, guys, please don't call me an idiot because then I'll, you know, I'll start tripping. No, that's that's usually what happens is is the contract becomes less appealing in the future. He ends up costing more money next year and more money the year after that. Not like an absurd amount of money. It's just more money than he would be worth in his current contract because he doesn't have a lot of guarantees left. And so that's the thing that I'm saying that's kind of, you know, agreeing with you is like, I think it's pretty clear the 49ers don't view Garoppolo as the long-term guy. But if they, but so that, so that to me means they need to look at where they are right now. When's the next time you're going to be picking anywhere near the top 10 if everything works out like they envision it. So, you know, unless you're just willing to embrace the fact that you're going to cut Garoppolo, have no idea who your quarterback is, you're going to suck. Then maybe you get a top five pick, but I mean, that shit takes like two or three years and you're hoping the guy, you know, then you got to develop whoever you drafted in the top five or whatever. 
And that doesn't seem like a good way for Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch to spend their contracts. So, you know, and you that, that quarterback, whoever comes out is good. Now there are some quarterbacks. I think next year's class is supposed to be really good, but uh, it is, it's supposed to be a really good quarterback class next year. Yeah. But, that's to me, that's kind of a good way to like sum it all up. Like, look, if when the next time you're going to pick this high and is it, it, it if you don't see Garoppolo as the long term, then what is? Are we still talking about Kirk Cousins? Like, what the hell? You know, are you still wait? He's gonna he's gonna finally join the 49ers when he's like 42. <laughs> right. It's be like his last two seasons. Kyle Shanahan's like gonna be fired the next. The, uh, you know, it's 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 a whole bunch of silliness. But that's to me that that if I was Kyle Shanahan, that's what key, would keep me aggressive. Is like, look, when's the next time I'm gonna pick this high? If Justin Fields or Trey Lance is sitting there or not, maybe not Trey Lance. I don't know where he's going to go. Um, if Justin Fields is sitting there at six and you know that Philadelphia is open, I'm making the phone call and I'm staying on that phone until they say yes. You know, if as long as you believe in the guy, that's a given. Uh, I hope he does. <laughs> <laughs> that was so like genuine, bro. Like, like, you know what that reminded me of? The, uh, I hope so. <laughs> I hope so. Yeah, and I, I know we kind of talked a little bit about Fields, but to me it's more of like what he can become and what he is now. Like he's at a good place where dude, can, there's no throw he can't make. There's no throw he can't make. There's, you know, his him his ability to push the ball downfield, his athleticism, the intermediate throws that he can't make. I, again, needs to get better with anticipation, but it sounds like, that wasn't what was asked of him in his offense. So that's something that he would have to, you know, really improve on, you know, with his, in his first couple years with the 49ers. But outside of that, I mean, it's just like he has a big-time skill set. You know, he just might be the third quarterback taken because, you know, there's Zach Wilson who's, you know, really good and obviously Trevor Lawrence who people have been waiting on come out of college for years now. Right, but somehow he would have been the number one overall pick if he would have left after his freshman year of college. So, uh, you know that we're talking about that type of that type of talent. So if I'm, you know, if I'm Forty Niners and Fields, somebody with that type of talent drops. And again, everybody keeps saying, "Well, this guy won't." This and it's like, man, you, you never know. And we've said it before on the pod, man. Like, I, I never thought Mika Fitzpatrick. Well, I almost had never thought. I, I remember everybody telling me there's no way he lasts to the Forty Niners pick. And I was just like, you never know. He might be there. And sure enough, he was there. Niners pass. Like, you just don't – you don't know how these things, like, work out. Sometimes guys slide for, you know, whatever reasons. There's no way Deshaun Watson should have been the 12th overall pick. Like, I don't care what anybody has to say. Like, and he was. So, you just – Well, it didn't even – even leading up to the draft, it didn't seem like Deshaun Watson was going to fall or anything. Like, every – like – he was like considered a really good quarterback, and like right. he just fell way down there, and it didn't even uh, really make sense. I think people just think, "Oh, well, this team would need a quarterback," and it's like, dude, you, you just don't know how they're going to address that quarterback position or what they feel like the vision of it for is. Like even with Carolina, like I, I could see Carolina not going quarterback and just being like, you know what, we got Bridgewater, you know, let's, you know, there. I mean. They're clearly trying to improve. They've been involved in all the trade talks as well. But maybe they want to go the veteran route, you know? Yeah. Um, those are things you just never know. And maybe they're just like, well, instead of drafting this quarterback, let's just draft, like, whatever the whatever the Browns did. 
right? When they passed on like Watson or Mahomes and all that. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Like, you know, sometimes you it seems like it, a no-brainer, and it's just not. It's just not. Like they the teams do the opposite of what you think they do. The Giants, they drafted Saquon Barkley at two, which a lot of people thought they would, but I'm like, man, they need to, they better go with Sam Darnold, Sam Darnold. Like they need a quarterback. And they did not go quarterback. They drafted running back. So, you know, these teams, they, they a lot of times they is never as simple as you think it is. And before you know it, Fields could be sitting there at six. Right. Yeah. No, I think that's a good way to end it, man. It's just in the end, obviously you just want to wait and see what happens. And we still got a couple months before we're even going to get close to that. But it'll be interesting. I mean, we got we got free agencies coming up in what is it, a few weeks? When is when is the first day of free agency? Free agency begins I mean, NFL. Uh, March 15th. 16th? Yeah. March 15th. So we got less than a month before free agency. And I think that'll at least give us maybe a bigger picture. We might see some more movement with players. Um, the 49ers may or may not sign, re-sign Trent Williams. We'll see. We'll see about all that. But we'll also talk about all that as we get over there. But you got any uh, closing thoughts there, Ecroc? I'm in justice for uh, Justin Fields. Oh, okay, so are we moving from Kendrick Bourne to Justin Fields? Yeah, no. Ju- you know what? Just for Kendrick Bourne, too, because uh, he's been working out, and I saw people kind of poking fun at him again. Like, oh, we know it's the offseason because it had, like, hello, like, on his Instagram, hello, little lines because, he's you know, he's posting all his workouts. Right. So That's- people are kind of poking at him. But it's like, I mean, hey, yeah. forbid the dude just like work his ass off, you know, and like be an undrafted free agent and then become an NFL starting receiver and like, you know, fuck, fuck that guy. <laughs> man, I love it. Like, I love how hard he works, man. That's what's up. I know because it ain't possible without that. All right, guys. That's another episode of Striking Gold. I mean, I hope you enjoyed it. We got Crocker back into the mix. Thank you for tolerating me by myself last week. I appreciate that. Got some comments on Twitter. People have been being like, hey, I listened for the whole time. You know, and that's that's cool. We're in it. We're in it. But um, we'll probably be back on here later this week. Uh, I'm sure something will happen in the meantime that gives us more shit to talk about. If not, we'll uh, we'll talk some free agents and, and stuff like that and where we could see the 49ers going from here. But, hey, you know how it is. You know what it is. Hey, did you hear me do at the end of the episode? Did you hear me do the little peace? Yeah, I like that. <laughs> so, uh, hey, but it'll be authentic this time. But, hey, you guys know what it is. For another episode of Striking Gold, Appreciate your support, but we are signing out. Justice for Kendrick Bourne, Crocker Sita. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. 
No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.